Welcome to the Casting for Fun podcast. I'm your host, Albert Pineda, and joining me again on the show for the third time, uh, the first third timer on the show, Nick Turner. Nick, how's it going, buddy? Oh, hey now. I'm doing all right. <laughs> Enjoying life. Awesome. Awesome. So we can just skip the formalities, jump right into it. Uh, this is going to be an interesting episode, a little different than the format I've done before, where there was a specific topic that we're going to be discussing at length. Uh, today is almost going to just be random. Uh, I have a, a few topics of discussion that I wanted to bring up and Nick has the same too. So we're just going to jump right in and just have a normal conversation like we do as friends. But the only difference is we're recording it so everybody can hear yeah. what we're talking about whether it's smart or dumb. So <laughs> oh, it'll be dumb. Let's, I, I will say it. Okay. So um, uh, did you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I don't, I don't know. We've never done it. Uh, flip okay. a coin. Okay. Um, I have a coin. Handy. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> All right. You're the, you're the host. So I will okay. bow down to you. Okay. So, so this weekend I went to, to San Diego to see Garth Brooks in concert, man. That was actually a, a really fun experience. <laughs> yes. Tell me. So I saw Garth Brooks in 90, 96 97 um yeah yeah i went down the great western form um saw him then it was one of the best concerts i've ever seen it was 27.50 per ticket oh wow at that time and that was a good deal oh yeah and that i think that included the fees i'm trying to remember um but yeah in my opinion garth puts on one of the best shows so i'm curious because you didn't really grow up a garth fan i would say no, not, not so much. I mean, a lot of the songs I recognize. So from our group of friends, you were the right. first one driving. So <laughs> driving the car, Nick picks the music. But Nick was, you know, always cool with letting people other choose if they wanted to hear something. So, yeah, I heard a lot of Garf driving with you. And then my older sister, Adriana, was really into yeah. Garf. So a lot of the songs I recognize. So like, you know, Friends in Low Places, um, Standing Outside the Fire, uh, Unanswered Prayers, uh, Ain't Going Down So the Sun Comes Up, all yep. of which were songs that he played last night. Yeah. So, so songs that I recognize and yeah, country is not my jam. It's not like my favorite music, but I would absolutely agree with you 100% that he's quite the showman that he puts on in a, a really great, amazing show and the crowd, San Diego, they, they love him. Uh, I, I don't know what, he, I guess he has a personal like uh, connection with San Diego. That's why I guess for his uh, short tour that he's doing, he chose specifically to go there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know that, but just, being an old school Garth fan, he was very like even when I saw him, it, he made you feel like you were the home show. Yeah, like he has that ability to make it like, hey, I don't know any one of you. You're not my local town, but I'll make you feel like I grew up with you. Like he has that ability to connect with the crowd. I don't know how or why, but it turns into a great live performance and a connection that that's why he's Garth and everyone looks up to him. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of connections, what I thought was really cool because I've never seen any other band or artist do this. So uh, he, he finishes for the normal set, you know, then after that he goes off stage and then which all bands do to, to bring out their encores. Yep. Uh, try not the history of the encores would be interesting how it actually got started. So uh, he comes back on and he's doing his encore, but what he's talking about is he's always encouraged fans to bring signs. Those who are the floor seats and Alice and I were lucky enough to be floor seats for, for last night's show. People would hold up signs and actually take requests on the spot. So I thought it was pretty cool that um, in a way he's saying, okay, you guys want me to come back out. Great. I'll come back out. But now tell me what you want me to play, mm. which I thought was really cool. So uh, he, he did a cover of the song, uh, turn the page by Bob Seger. Which mm. I love that song. It's yeah. a great song. Of course, actually, I love the Metallica version of that song special, too. Mm. So it was really nice. cool to hear him do that song. I was like, wow, this is like a really awesome experience. So, yeah, I absolutely agree that he's got a way of uh, connecting with his fans and his fans absolutely love him for it. So, yeah, it's country, which I don't listen to country anymore. Any of the new country people, I don't know. But it's still one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say. And then in San Diego, I just love San Diego. So, I mean, I guess she, That's true. I was telling Allison, ah, I mean, she said she, Allison loves Garth Brooks and really wanted to go and it's going to be in San Diego. And I, I told her, no, I don't know if it's a good idea. We don't really have a whole lot of money. We got other expenses we got to take care of. Right. So Allison might have, you know, uh, purchased tickets and booked a trip without really telling me. <laughs> yeah. But OK, oh, yeah. so now that that's done, which I totally get. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Crazy world at the moment. But. 
like, yeah, now that you've seen it, it's like, ah, oh, what an experience that you got to, like, I haven't seen him since the 90s. I'm still waiting. When I moved to Texas, he had come the year before. Uh-huh. But like, I missed, I missed his performances. I'm still waiting to see him again, personally. Oh, yeah, it's definitely uh, an experience. That's what I would tell everyone, even if the country is not your jam. And for me, it's not. But it was definitely a great experience. And then experience as speaking of that, you know, San Diego is just really awesome. We, we got a hotel in Old Town. Uh, we got nice. sitters for the kids for overnight. So we got to take a yep. you know, weekend getaway for husband and wife, which was always fun. Uh, we actually even got to spend some time because we went early and we got to eat at the Brazilian restaurant up in the gas lamp quarter, which I didn't know even existed, which was pretty cool. Nice. So like they have like their own version of Greenfield's uh, uh, Fogo de Chão. Gotcha. Was, it was pretty good. It's not Wait, bad. they have one of those in Pasadena. Yeah, Puerto Alegre. Allison and I have been there as well. We've been. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to say Ben used to always say that. The yeah, one in Pasadena. I, 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 I want to say Ben's been doing the scouting out, like finding out where all the spots are for the, the Brazilian places. Yep, yep. I so. think I've been, I went to the one in Pasadena with him. So no, that's cool. I mean, it makes sense that there would be yeah. one in San Diego. Yeah. That's freaking dope. Yeah. And yeah, and it, it was a cool experience too. We actually got like a light rain in San Diego, which made the, the concert that much cooler. I thought not, not really heavy. I mean, if it gets really heavy, I think everyone hates it. It's miserable, but it was actually like a light rain, which combined with uh, the lighting techniques that he was using made for really cool effects. I thought. Yeah, so all right, I'm curious, how did he come onto the stage? He came up from underneath, so there was a platform that lifted him up, and uh-huh. not just him, but the whole band, which I thought was okay. Pretty, all the lights were out, and like just the the lighting came out really great. Nice. So I still remember when I saw him. Uh, the stage was very different than any other stage I'd ever seen. Like the opening bands, there were blankets covering or sheets covering parts of the stage. You could tell. They had to stay in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. Once again, he's a huge star. He does. I sat behind the stage, which in the 90s usually means like you're going to see their back the whole time, but it doesn't with Garth. Uh, but I still remember a white piano and you thought Garth was playing the piano. And that's how they started the concert. And then a small square, like two by two, opened up in the middle of the piano. It was really his piano player playing the piano mm-hmm. just with the hat on and everything. It looked like Garth and he rose to the middle of the piano straight out of the center. Oh, awesome. And, appeared. <laughs> and it was super cool. Cause it was a fake. Like you thought yeah. Garth was there and then, Oh, he's of course he ride, you know, comes up through the piano with his guitar mm-hmm. and was like, okay, we're in for a good show. Awesome, man. Awesome. And then one last thing I wanted to just bring up just for a personal experience for me, it was just really cool to run into so many uh, friends that we hadn't seen in a while. So obviously, uh, Nick's brother, Tad, was there with his wife, Mackenzie. So got to chat with them for a little bit. That was fun. And then some of our other friends that we know from here in Upland, uh, good friends of Allison's, they were also there. So it was kind of just a cool experience. Like, oh, hey, how's someone else here? Let's go chat with them. Let's go talk with them. So So did you, you didn't know that Tad and Mackenzie would be there? No, not until the day of, because Mackenzie had posted on her social media that she was going, and Allison happened to catch it. I was like, oh, Mackenzie's here. Like, oh, cool. We got to shoot him a message as soon as we got in. And it turns out they were also on the floor. So we got to meet up with them, take some pictures, and just catch up. Yeah, that was cool. I like that that picture you sent. Yeah. Very nice. So so Garth Brooks, yes. I mean, uh, I'm sold. Good good job, Allison. (laughs) Dude, it's it's a great concert. If you're not a fan still go he's a great performer awesome awesome okay so so what you got for us man what do you want to talk about all right i uh, you know since we grew up together in la and i'm no longer there i'm in texas um something i've been into lately i found on youtube a video that talks about who's the greatest basketball player Ooh. okay all right so and i know that you and i we're both huge Laker fans. You know, we spent years watching games together, watching championships. Um, so first, I was curious if you'd ever seen any videos on YouTube at all about anything like that. Like, who's the best basketball player? Particularly, this one is on Jordan versus LeBron. 
Oh, okay. No, no, not that I can recall. I mean, like, I'm sure people can make con- like uh, just content, whatever they want, which is a cool thing that anyone can make any type of video they want and talk about what they want to kind of like what we're doing right now <laughs> uh, yes. or a podcast, but uh, nothing like you, how you're describing. No, I haven't seen that. All right. So I'm going to send you the video to watch later, but okay. So here's my question for you. Is LeBron even in the discussion? as the best basketball player for you. Now he's a Laker and I haven't seen him as a Laker. And frankly, I don't like him as a Laker. He won, but yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'd be okay if we got rid of him personally, but is LeBron even in the conversation of the goat in your opinion? Uh, Short answer would be no. No. Uh, and then uh, also, I mean, just it's good that maybe you haven't been catching up on the team this year because it's been horrendous this year. <laughs> oh, I'm I am aware. In okay. fact, I I made some notes here. The Lakers are 27 and 35. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, during Kobe, we had some bad we had some bad years mm-hmm. and we expected them. But we never expected 27 and 35 with Kobe on the court. No, no. And then also considering the talent that's on the court, yes, they're older. Uh, and I mean, there could be lots of arguments that you can say about, you know, it's not a good idea to put together an older team, but I mean, you got some good young talent too. So I, I don't know. All right. So let's get to it. So I, I don't think I've ever actually asked you this. I'm sure we talked about it in the past, but uh, who is, the goat in basketball in your opinion it probably it had to be jordan i think i think it had to be jordan uh you know you can go off the number of like overall uh championships and if that's the case then you could make the argument that bill russell's the goat for for having the most right but right but what i like is how uh you could actually your your game actually transcends the sport itself where like you're almost like um bigger than the sport in a sense i mean obviously i I don't think jordan would ever say that about himself or maybe he would i don't know i don't know but uh and then you also look at just how uh players can do perform on the high level at the highest on the grand stage when they're playing in the finals i mean how many finals did jordan ever lose uh zero right yep he didn't lose a one yeah and uh not even so nobody and kobe could say that so i mean i I don't know what you're criteria would be or what anyone's really because everyone has their own opinion on on the subject but i i would pick that just uh how you contribute to the overall game and out both on the court and offside outside the game and uh the championships you win uh your overall stats you can put all that into consideration you know points scored everything into that but i uh i guess the point that i want to make is just if, if you can do everything well then I think you can be considered the GOAT, if that makes any sense. No, it does. I, I like where you're heading. And I think if you're going to be the greatest, you got to be more than the average uh-huh. in the areas that we compare. So yes. like being good at all of them is amazing. Being good at half of them is great. will make you a lot of money, but it doesn't make you the GOAT. Mm-hmm. So for those that are just listening, if you go on YouTube and search Jordan versus LeBron, the best goat comparison, it's done by Danger Productions. It's the only video they've made. And I'm waiting for them to do more videos. Um, but I don't even have LeBron past Kobe personally. Mm-hmm. And probably other players. Um, so uh, this will be a discussion we can talk there. again. We can talk again later. No, you're fine. Once, like, because you haven't seen the video, so I'm curious. But one thing I did see is, you know, we talk about LeBron versus Jordan, and like we hop Kobe because LeBron came out and said, I'm the GOAT now. Like, you're not the GOAT if you have to say it. Mm -hmm. Jordan's never said, I'm the GOAT. Kobe, Bird, Magic, all the greats have never said they're the greatest, only LeBron. So you're not the greatest, man. Yeah. But anyway, it's something I've been watching. And have you ever seen uh, reaction videos on YouTube? Do you know what those are? No, no. What, what's that? So it's a video like this video where someone who just as an example, someone who's a LeBron fan will watch this video 
and give you the reaction live. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so they'll watch the video on YouTube or let's just say they watch a Philly episode and give their commentary on it. Like there's videos on YouTube of all these, you know, James fans watching it and they're converted begrudgingly that Jordan is the best, but I think it goes farther. I think Kobe's better. I don't think James is as good as everyone says. He's great, but he's not even in the goat conversation for me. So Mm -hmm. I was just curious what you would think if he was even in your conversation, since I've been watching videos and stuff about it. Um, No, not, not definitely not the goat. And then, I mean, if you, I mean, I'd have to, if you talk about like, you know, even like top five, I don't know, maybe even the top five, maybe, but I don't know. I'd have to sit down and actually uh, really think about it. Yeah. And we can, we could go through it more, but that would, we could talk about that for hours. So, (laughs) all right, I'm good. That was one of my questions I had for you and I'll send you the, the link for that video. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to to taking a look in at that. Uh, So actually sticking with sports, uh, have you been following the, the MLB lockout? No, I haven't. It was kind of, I didn't put a note down for it, but I thought about asking you about it. Yeah, I wanted to touch on it. So, I mean, as I've said many times on the show, I love podcasting. I love listening to it. Um, creating my own has been so much fun. Uh, so I go back and I, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Petros and Money, a lot of their recorded shows, which is really cool. I think my, one of my for, favorite nice. sports talk that they do. Uh, they talked to uh, the former player, uh, Jerry Hairston. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. Uh, hmm. Former MLB guy, uh, played for a number of teams, including uh, the Dodgers, to get his take on uh, on uh, everything going on with uh, the lockout. It's kind of interesting to, to think about. So obviously, if you have a disagreement with the, the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, regardless of your sport, uh, you can have two stoppages of work, whether it be a lockout, that, that's the owners telling the players you can't play, yep. or a strike when the players are telling us we're not going to play because this is a disagreement on whatever's going on. And to me, it kind of seems that whatever work stoppage is happening, the, the blame kind of shifts more towards them. So in this particular instance, if it's a lockout, uh, the owner's telling the players, you guys can't play. Uh, it kind of seems that it's more on the owner's, uh, their fault, that nothing's happening. And it kind of seems to be the opinion that uh, Hairstone shared with uh, Petros and Money when he talked to him. Hmm. I've stayed completely out of it. Um, I don't listen to the evil four letter that much anymore. <laughs> um, and I don't, I know I could listen to Petros and money online, but I don't uh-huh. um, No, I've been curious and I didn't know that, that this was more on the owner side, but I think, so this is my opinion. I think COVID kind of changed a lot of things. And so because there were more eyes to view sports because we were stuck at home recently. Mm-hmm. I think players are going, Hey, viewership's potentially up. I don't know the numbers. haven't followed it, but um, like, I think it's interesting um, and not knowing all the details. Interesting that it's coming from the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wonder about it. Like, I think people, we've had kind of normal standing issues and because of COVID and the lot, you know, just everything shut down that went down society has changed. And now we're trying to renegotiate contracts based on those changes, but Mm -hmm. are those changes permanent? Are they not? And each side I could see it's irrelevant if they're permanent or not, if you can use it to your negotiating advantage, you would use it. So yeah, yeah. It's been my question, not following it on how legit is it? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tell me more. Okay. Is there more? So, so it was interesting to hear more about it because I, I didn't know a whole lot. And what, what they were talking about was that one of the uh, contentious points is that they're at the players are asking for a raise in the luxury tax, which would allow mm. uh, smaller market teams to be able to uh, pay more to know in order to be more competitive because the big market teams like, you know, your, your Dodgers, Yankees, the owners will, will pay, will spend money and pay, uh, which has right. kind of been a cool thing for magic Johnson and his group taking over that. Yes, we're going to go out and spend the money. Um, and you know, they've been competitive. They've been in the, in the mix winning, was it like eight or seven or eight consecutive uh, division titles, uh, making yeah. three World series appearances, winning one. So 
so again, I can understand that, that you'd want to potentially make it so that all the teams could spend money if they, if they so choose to. Uh, but again, I guess the, the owners are saying flat, no, that the, the luxury tax isn't moving at all, as is my understanding. It's just interesting. It's a classic debate in sports because we, we know economically larger markets are going to make more money. Mm-hmm. and therefore can get better players and is it fair to smaller markets is it good for the sport mm-hmm. if the same teams are better because they make more money um it's just interesting i sympathize with some of the arguments but at the same time it's no one's fault yeah there's a larger market versus a smaller market so mm-hmm. why do you penalize someone over something that's not their fault. Yeah. I feel like it's the age-old question in sports and contracts um, and affects every sport, not just baseball. So I don't know. That's where I'm settling right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Another question that I kind of had, and it was actually nice to listen to the Petros and Money interview with uh, the guy, uh, uh, Hairstum, about it, was that allegedly the, the players are saying that they're ready to play, that they, they want to go ahead and go on the field and start playing uh, if – things were normal, then we'd be in the midst of spring training right now. And that right. uh, the end of this end of this month would actually be opening day, which would be pretty exciting because normally opening days in April. So it just kind of seems that it, it tentatively was going to be earlier this year, which is pretty cool. Uh, uh, no, but, no. Nope. That's not happening now. So, so actually I was wondering that question. Okay. So if the players are ready to play, can, is it possible that they could play without a deal being in place? And it was fun. It was interesting to hear what was going on or, or money's take on what was going on that situation. Uh, because again, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in sport law. Uh, you know, if you and I, we could probably do a podcast on bird law and I think we can come on top of, uh, with anybody about that. Right. We can oh yes. For sure. bird law. Sports for sure. law. I'm not sure, but it was cool to hear that money was essentially saying that way back in 1994 is when the, they were playing without a deal in place and the players did strike, uh, right before the, the playoffs. And that's something that nobody wants to have happen, have like a, uh, right. occur like in the middle of the season particularly at the playoff time because yep, that's during bad. the regular season that sports make their money but it's the playoffs where they really make their bread and butter yeah last time that happened they needed steroids to fix to get baseball yeah. back <laughs> yeah so it can be a problem yeah definitely so um and again if a deal were in place then yes at that point again not not being the legal expert when it comes to sports law but if a deal were were set in place and it's in contract everything then at that point there couldn't be a lockout and there couldn't be a strike because both sides have agreed to the terms. So I can understand that's the reason why that's what's holding it up, that they can't just go out and play right now because they have to get a deal first. Yeah. You know, now that I'm older, I, I think, I think when I was younger, I looked at these, that there were simpler solutions. Yeah. Now that I'm a little older and a little wiser, I'm like, ah, these aren't as easy as, we might think um, mm-hmm. there is precedent, there is legal precedent, and you know both sides are trying to make a buck and do what's best for their family, and that's at odds with each other. And so, generally, historically, we we side with the workers or the players. Yeah. Generally, it doesn't mean they're always right, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would need to study up more on it to give you a more detailed answer. I just like sports kind of so we could go into this like. I don't follow sports at all, really, like I used to, mm-hmm. like I've gotten bored with a lot of sports overall. It's just too much politics, too much non sports topics. Yeah. And I've tuned out over the years because of it. So even this, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not in LA to hear the effects of how it affects the Dodgers, which I would care about. Yeah. And so like how it affects the Rangers, eh, I don't, I don't care that much. So I don't pay attention. No, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to just on a random day, go to a game if you want to, like we used to do all the time when we were teenagers, like, yeah, hey, you don't have anything going on. Let's go to a game. It'd be, yeah. It'd be- fun so i miss that uh like you said it's 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 um it's not as simple as we would like it to be where we can just tell people hey you want to work go to work and then hopefully work out a deal so that's just i'm hoping that uh cooler heads will prevail and that we'll eventually get something 
Uh, so, so we can go back to just watching sports and having fun. I hope we will because it's in everyone's best interest to settle it and move on and resume play like normal financially mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, but who knows? We might not get a season. That's always a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that could be uh, damaging to the brand. I mean, it, hopefully for sure it, it would. Yeah. I think it would. Yeah. Uh, we've been lucky that for, for hockey, they've gone through four lockouts, like that lasted like a whole year and, um, and hockey still, still, uh, plugging along. So we'll see. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, nice. Uh, what you got for me now? All right. I got multiple subjects here, but I'm looking at them now going, what do I want to talk about? All right. So what is your favorite trilogy movie? Series. Oh, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's an awesome. I, I, I used to know the answer. And so I'm asking this because based on your answer, I have a question. Okay. So, okay. well, I just happen to be wearing a, a back to the future t-shirt. <laughs> but, nice. Uh, uh, it wouldn't be back to the future, but I absolutely love back to the future. Okay. I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, I'm, I'm basing this off on before I moved to Texas, what your okay. answer was. Cause um, we, and we did not agree on the answer. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. And then at the turn of the century, when when fantasy all of a sudden like became super popular and was actually overtaking sci-fi and overall popularity, I might have said the Lord of the Rings trilogy at the time. Um, whereas that being said, I mean, there's so been so many great trilogies. Um, the Karate Kid, I, I love the Cobra Kai show. I know, so I, mean, I, would, I know. Even though part three is kind of on the weaker side, but parts one and part two are, are great. But all that being said, I mean, it, it has to be the original Star Wars trilogy. It, it just has to okay. Be. All right. So that's not what I was expecting, but I'm glad to hear it because that was always. Yeah. Yeah. That was always our debate. Uh-huh. And uh, so I remember last time we had this discussion, it was Lord of the Rings for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we haven't had this discussion in a while. So. Yeah. So based on that, I was assuming you were going to say Lord of the Rings again. Okay. So I wanted to know. If you've heard anything about Amazon's Rings of Power series and what you think about it, and are they going to ruin it like Disney ruined Star Wars? Is that <laughs> your concern little... or not? That, that's definitely always a, a concern when any time anything gets uh, rebooted or, or like not re- necessarily rebooted, but I mean, going revisiting the past and doing something. Uh, we, we, we didn't discuss it during the Super Bowl episode with uh, Tom and Tyler, but they did show a, a trailer for it for the first yep. time, Yep, so we, which looked cool. It looked it was really great. Uh, my understanding is this is completely brand new material. Uh, the, the original author Tolkien, I guess he had written lots of backstory stuff that, uh, the, that Peter Jackson and his, his team have like, you know, drawn inspiration from like they did some of that from the, the Hobbit movies because they took certain liberties mm-hmm. with the Hobbit because yep. the Hobbit's like a really short children's book, but somehow they're able to make it into three epic movies based on for uh, money. Yeah, for money. Yeah. <laughs> Good money. I mean, which I, I is fine, the Hobbit which is before. fine. Yeah. Just pointing yeah. it out. Uh, so what, what it's going to be based on, I have no clue. My understanding is it's supposed to be taking place before the events of the, the original trilogy and before the events of the Hobbit. So it's like in the, like the early history of like Middle Earth. Um, Amazon Studios, I think they do good work. I, I don't know if Peter Jackson and the, his team are involved in this at all. But, uh, you know, a show that Allison and I really love hmm. on, on Amazon Prime is the, the Jack Ryan show with uh, John Krasinski playing the role oh, of Jack Ryan. Okay, it's a yeah. really great show. Yeah, so I think Amazon Studios, they can yeah. do some good stuff. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to have to deal with like studio interference that, uh, that, uh, Lucasfilm kind of has to deal with sometimes, you know, we, we didn't get it too much into it with, uh, uh, with Fernando on the, the Boba Fett podcast. Right. Uh, sometimes, you know, studio execs could get in the way and affecting, uh, what the filmmakers and creators are wanting to do. Like that, that's actually kind of been the case also with Warner brothers kind of like getting involved too much heavily with DC products. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that definitely, I think, is if you can get the filmmakers to do their thing, uh, which is, I think, a good thing that uh, Kevin Feige has done with Marvel Studios and that the filmmakers <laughs> are allowed to do what they want to do uh, to a certain extent. I mean, they have to kind of tie into the overall narrative that Marvel Studios wants. But I, I think uh, the less hands on from studios, the better I think something can be. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with 
uh, the, the Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings show. But that's my hope is that there's not a lot of studio interference and that the people working on it are talented filmmakers and they can give us a good product. Oh, Nick, I'm so sorry, man. Like, I think uh, something's wrong with your audio. I, I don't hear it on my oh, My bad. My bad. I, uh, I tried to mute for my sneeze, which I totally missed oh. <laughs> and didn't get out. No so, worries. My bad. No worries. Um, no. So from what I'm hearing on Geeks and Gamers and other things is uh -huh. they're kind of going to, there's a good chance that they're going to kind of do what Disney did the Star Wars. Oh, no. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> on the new Amazon show that um, I would say go watch geeks and gamers videos on it. Cause they break okay. down the details, but uh, yeah, it doesn't look great if, but here's the thing though, and this is where you might not be there. Like if you're a Tolkien fan and have read all the books and love the lore and everything he created, like they're kind of just going to throw it out the window and do their own thing. Like it's going to be social justice warrior and, all these other things that aren't in aren't in Tolkien's writings. Yeah. And so I didn't read any of those, but I sympathize with the fans on, hey, give them something they want based on the original artist. Uh, and they're just kind of going to throw it out the window. So I have zero hope that it'll be that good, even though I do agree. Jack Ryan is awesome. I would totally agree. I love it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it just depends on. Uh what they choose to do with the, the product that they have. So again, even if there's no studio interference, I mean, if the filmmakers aren't uh, uh, putting out a good product, then I think uh, that it can suffer as a result. Like, to be honest, I don't imagine that uh, the, the higher ups at, at Lucasfilm were really interfering with what Ryan Johnson wanted to do with the last Jedi. I think he was allowed free reign and we saw what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. So even if the studio execs aren't necessarily getting involved, um, yeah, things can uh, uh, take a, t a quick turn south, as it were. Right. I would agree. I was just curious if you had heard about any of the, the stuff online. No, I hadn't heard any of that, but just the, the, the trailer that we saw, I thought looked really cool. But, but again, you can't always base it just, just on the trailer. I would have said the trailer for Last Jedi looked really cool. So, <laughs> so Amazon released a video of, you know, Lord of the Ring diehard fans talking about it, and uh -huh. people have pointed out they're not big fans. They don't oh, really know. Huh. They don't know anything about it. It's all PR. Um, so I was curious if you heard about that. No, no, I hadn't. Okay. Yeah, that was one of my questions. I can send you stuff later on it just to see what you think. Okay. Yeah, definitely uh, worth uh, taking a look at that. Uh, anything else with the Lord of the Rings or with with that topic? No, no, that was it. Okay, well, I do have a, I guess it's a, um, a segue into, it's actually per pretty perfect for on the subject of like adapting popular things and uh, translating it into the, the silver screen and does it come out good, yes or no. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the Uncharted movie that was released just a few weeks ago. So ironically, that was on my list to ask you about because I okay. <laughs> do plan on seeing it. I thought about seeing it this weekend, but I didn't. Um, so I was going to ask you if you saw it first if yes, you've seen I, it yet i did you're... absolutely see it yes i did okay now so for the people listening like albert played uncharted in his room with his brother danny via internet so i know albert is a huge uncharted fan of the video game played all of them with his brother um so i was curious what you would think of the movie adaptation the movie adaptation I absolutely loved. I thought it was really great, very action packed. The 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 premise. I'm not sure if we ever really discussed the premise. I know one time I, I you and Tyler played a little bit of the multiplayer together when we all lived right. together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so basically, it kind of takes the premise of like you know your your uh, scoundrel like Han Solo type hero in the modern day who's searching for treasure. He has his uh, love interest who's kind of like you know sassy and and spunky, kind of like a Princess Leia type. Person, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, another example of just how influential I think the original Star Wars trilogy is that they, they would essentially take these type of characters and then plug them into like a exotic locale where they're searching for treasure and there's like intricate traps and stuff they have to deal with. Um, you know, there's been lots of movies about it that, or that I think Uncharted's kind of uh, took an inspiration from like that I had a chance to watch leading up to the Uncharted movie just to kind of watch for fun. 
Like I watched the movie uh, Romancing the Stone. I don't know if you've heard of that one. It's an old one from the yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah, I have. So that has some connection. Uh, not directly to the Uncharted, but it's basically like a similar premise that a Han Solo okay. type character is helping a Princess Leia type character in the modern world search for treasure. Gotcha. Uh, in, in, in this case, it's in the, the jungles of Colombia. Uh, hmm. What's pretty cool about this movie, like I always love watching old Danny DeVito movies. So he's in it. And anytime I see him doing any of his roles, like he just, like his Frank Reynolds always comes out, which is really fun. <laughs> so, so I, I would say yeah, watch it just for Danny DeVito's appearance. Uh, no, I think I've seen thing. it. I think I've yeah. seen it. Okay. Yeah, you, that was like a classic, you know, Saturday movie. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. And uh, another appearance in, in the movie that I thought was really funny was uh, the, the actor. Um, I have my notes here. Just a second. Where is that? Uh, Afonso Rao, who most people may not know the name, but he's the actor who played uh, El Guapo from the Three Amigos movie. So, so he's, in the movie. he's pretty funny, too. And uh, just for the record, not really related to what we're talking about. But if you wanted to ask me, hey, Albert, what's your all time favorite comedy? I would for sure say it's Three Amigos. I just absolutely love that movie. <laughs> you know, OK, so I didn't have that specific question, but I thought about it asking you like, all right, what's your favorite comedy? Not movie, but just yeah. comedy. And I will have zero complaints of that one. And I don't have an answer for myself. It's hard. It, it, it is really hard, but I think it's because like my family absolutely loves it. Even like my parents, they absolutely love that movie. <laughs> so that was the first one of the first movies. I still remember we went to the warehouse for Christmas uh-huh. and we could buy one movie as a family, like the kids. And this is when it was just Brandy, Ted, myself and Katie. And uh, we bought that movie. That was the movie we all settled on. And I have zero complaints about that. We've watched that movie over and over again. And it is a great movie. Yeah. I love it. In fact, I don't think it's available on Google Play. I've been pissed no, off. No, I, years I look about all it. the time. You you can rent yes. it. You can't actually buy it. Yes. Which is so irritating to me. I so, want but, to own it digitally so I can watch it anywhere. And I can't. And but it's someone uploaded the whole the whole actual movie and it's good quality to youtube and surprisingly youtube hasn't struck it down yet because i know they have like their their copyright issues but you can find the whole movie on youtube but just some random user who uploaded it there so no i want like a good quality like a i know it's good quality i'll buy the 4k version i'll pay more it's probably not worth it but yeah (laughs) all right so that leads me to one of my next question questions uh, that i oh i'm sorry just going going back to uncharted really fast if we could yeah, go go for it. Oh, so, go back so, yeah, so, so Romancing the Stone, it's very much like an action adventure, like on in the vein of Uncharted. Yes. So not directly related, but si- similar themes. Uh, the movie Sahara with Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz, which okay. kind of bombed in the theater. But yep, I sim- saw similar premise of like, you know, the Han Solo type with the Princess Leia type searching for treasure in the desert for their location. In fact, even like the National Treasure movies with Nicolas Cage, like where you have to find treasure with uh, all these intricate uh, traps and puzzles you have to solve in order to get it. So the Uncharted movie, basic Uncharted game is basically kind of based on all those uh, that premise. Right. And the movie adaptation I thought was really cool, really fun. I know certain people may complain a little bit that Tom Holland and uh, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, thank you, uh, didn't really portray their their video game counterparts exactly the way they are portrayed in the game. But that being said, I still thought it's a really act- cool, exciting action movie. And it's doing good by financially box office for Sony. So my guess is uh, they're going to do sequels. In fact, uh, the end credit scene really sets up the, the events of what actually happens in the first game. All so right. the, the, nice. the events that unfold in the first movie kind of jump around. So it doesn't really follow the same storyline as the game. But it's looking like if they continue with the plans that they're setting up, that we're going to get some of the adaptations of the first early games, which I think is going to be cool. So I, I, I said it on Facebook when it came out that I think it's the best adaptation of a video game on film, Okay, which isn't nice. necessarily saying a lot because a lot of video game movies kind of suck. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say it's saying a lot because most of them suck. So if it's the yeah. best of them, that's a good thing. I think so. So yeah, definitely check out Uncharted. It's definitely got uh, my seal of approval. Okay. I will probably, I will get to it this week. Uh, okay. So that leaded into one of my questions I had was, I'm going to exclude Uncharted now, but the rest of the year, what movie are you most excited about for the rest of this year? Uh, it's got to be uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. All right. I would I, agree. I, 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 I was excited I, for that. 
if we saw like you know crazy weird like really awesome stuff with spider-man uh, no way home with uh the addition of the additional spider-man uh toby mcguire and andrew garfield yeah it's, it's, my understanding is it's going to get even crazier as far as like cameo appearances go with uh dr strange so we have like there's a the, the next black panther movie coming out in november the flash movie in november um the flash movie is, is really exciting too that the fact that they're getting michael keaton to come back to play batman i agree there's uh, the black adam movie coming out mm-hmm. uh, the thor movie and those are just comic book movies not yeah. including other movies coming out this year dr strange yeah no, uh, morbius yeah um you haven't seen batman yet have you i haven't uh, i was kind of reserving judgment on it uh, i don't think i'm going to make it to the theater because we, we allison and i have to be really picky and choosy as to what we go and see right like yeah. even just like our weekend getaway i mean like we had to hire sitters for that and like we were gone for so long so uh even just for a movie i think we'll be really particular as to what we go and see in the theater so i'll probably catch it on hbo max when it's available for streaming but, but yeah, gotcha. no, no plans to go see Batman, even though I've heard it looks it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll see it in the theater, but I think Doctor Strange is what I'm looking forward to most also. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there, I would say. Um, it could go so many ways. Finally going to bring an X-Men or, or who knows. What uh, see. This could be the how they formally introduce uh, mutants into the MCU, which will be yeah, I, overdue. So. <laughs> I think in the Super Bowl commercial, Patrick Stewart was in it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. So I'm like, that's kind of confirmation that X-Men are being introduced, even if it's through the multiverse. Like, all right, it's a start. Yeah. What I wonder, though, is, I mean, because I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but I mean, I don't know if they want to permanently tap him in. If like, okay, they bring him into the fold. But I mean, if that's the case and he'd have to sign a contract to go even more, more years playing Wolverine. No, I don't. I don't see him doing that. He yeah. he's getting older. Like yeah. the what is it? The the eating program he would have to stay on. No, they they need someone new that can last another 10 years and kind of do kind of like an Iron Man. Yeah. Last the next 10 to 20 years through the movies. So I expect they might use him because he's still money, but yeah. it should yeah. change the guard. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. All right, curious. I was uh, I was curious uh, what your favorite movie would be this coming year. All right, do you watch comedy anymore? And by that, I mean, do you watch any comedy specials? Comedy Ever. specials? Uh, let me see. I, I did see the, the Dave Chappelle one from a, a couple years ago. Not the most recent one. I haven't seen that. But I haven't really been watching too many comedy specials now. Oh, so I've, I feel like I've gotten more into comedy because of YouTube. They're just... Uh-huh. They're on there, and with work, I can listen while uh-huh. I'm working with my job. So, I was just curious what you know about the state of comedy. Um, and is comedy gonna die with cancel culture? Like, you can't say jokes anymore. I don't know, man. I haven't really been following it too too closely. Uh, just, I mean, I just hate the concept of like uh, individuals having the the power to just get rid of something if they don't like it which is kind of scary right. in a way because like, I mean, what's to stop them from getting rid of me if I do something to make them mad. So I don't know. That is the question. Yeah. I feel like uh, who's the next great comedian. Like that's a young person that's coming up. Not that there aren't those and I'm not going to name any names, but uh-huh. I just feel like there's no great. Where's the, where's the Adam Sandler character making great comedy movies for, for that 18 to 25 year old where they're dumb, but they're funny, mm-hmm. you know, where is that? Why did it disappear? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, you, you would see uh, people emerge from SNL and just become like, you know, great comedians doing great shows or, or movies, stuff like that. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you who's been like the, the most recent great comedian to emerge from SNL. Um, I don't know if there's anyone more, more recent than Andy Samberg, but he's been doing it for a while, movies. And he's been off at SNL for a while, too. So Right. And he was good. I feel like he never hit that threshold of the yes. Sandlers and Rocks. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of my question. Where's, uh, where's the next young comedians that are going to make these dumb movies that we might not even like, but they're for that culture, that age group? Yeah. Kind of that we live through. And I don't see it. 
and I'm like, well, what are the kids going to do now? How are they going to think? They're not being watching these stupid movies that ask crazy questions. Yeah, that, that's an that excellent point. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew. Well, yeah, I was curious. I listen to more comedy now. Um, and even listening to like, I, I found one of Chris Rock's old comedy sketches, mm-hmm. specials, and it's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that would that would get you canceled today. George Carlin. Oh, that would get you canceled today. But they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, where do we lose our spirit to let comedy question everything in our society? It's been on my mind. So no, no, I was you're curious right. if you thought about it. Uh, I haven't been thinking about it too much, but I mean, those definitely excellent points to consider. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I wish we had uh, more great comedy. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, I, I It's weird. I think like because I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, uh-huh. I pay more attention to comedy. Um, if not, I don't think I would be aware of it myself. So I have to admit that it's just dumb luck that I listen to someone that is a comedian and talks about it. Makes mm-hmm. me think about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else with the, the comedy? Uh, no, that's good for now. Okay, awesome. So I had just one more, one, one more okay. uh, uh, that I wanted to bring up, one more talking point. Uh, new album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers coming out mm. later uh, in a month. That's in a month on April 1st. Really, really excited for this one. I think I, I haven't heard the new single. Of the year, so <laughs> I have not heard the new single. Okay, take a listen. There's actually two new singles now. Okay. So, uh, the, the first one, Black Summer, and then the next, uh, it just came out this past Friday, the second single. I forgot the name of it. But it has that really cool, like funky vibe to it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited that Frusciante's back. I think it's going to be a really excellent album. Not to say that the albums without Frusciante weren't good, but it's right, just, I, uh, yeah, I didn't right. know Frusciante was back. Oh, you didn't? Oh, no. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when was like, I remember Marcelo posting it on Facebook way back in 2019. So before the pandemic even hit, hmm. uh, they, they announced that he was returning and they're recording new material. Of course, this was way back in 2019. I'm assuming right. the pandemic, like, you know, put a stop to plans to being able to record. And, uh, you know, they are old. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, they, they got rid of the, the young guy they had, uh, Klingenhofer. So then they got Frusciante back. Now they're back to all, everyone being over 50. So, <laughs> okay. That gives me hope that it'll be better, even though I like him, yeah. the younger guy. But yeah. <clears throat> no, I haven't heard it. I don't. <clears throat> So that's an interesting question. I'm like, all right, so we're talking about the Chili Peppers. <clears throat> Where's like the new younger bands? There, there's some cool bands that, that are making music, but yeah, you're right. You don't really have like the the established like uh, great bands or, or emerging band that comes out to be like the next best like alternative band. Right. Who's the Chili Pepper, you know, of the 90s? Who Who is them now? Like, I love the Peppers, but yeah. like, where's all the younger guys trying to push in and take over and kind of do similar things i don't i don't listen to the radio anymore so i don't know if i'm just out of it and i'm missing it but it's been one of my questions like same thing with comedy like where's the new younger comedians to push the old guys out and Mm -hmm. like take their place in society and i feel like it's the same thing with music like i hear younger stuff and i'm like ah okay they're just it's pop and they're in it for the money and that's it like where's the new rage against the machine where's i just feel like i i still enjoy i feel like an old man like i'd rather listen to the older music than a lot of the newer stuff no no you're right or older bands versus younger bands Mm -hmm. am i am i turning into Jeff Haskins putting Aerosmith on. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know right. either. I mean, I guess it's great music. Old, right? <laughs> I'll have to listen to their new songs and get back to you, but I'm sure they're good. If you tell okay, me they're so, good, I would believe it. Yeah, give it a listen. I think you'll like it. And a new album coming out uh, April 1st, Unlimited Love. So I'm really excited for that. That okay. should be really cool. Is it going to be a double again? How many songs are on it? I, I think a single album. So probably okay. uh, between, I don't know, like 10 to like 13, 14 songs, maybe. All right. That'll be good. 
It'll be good. It'll be refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's all I got for tonight, man. Did you have anything else? Oh, I have many more things, but I think we covered most of them. Um, I'll end on, do you ever, have you ever heard of world-class BSers? I've heard that before. I think I heard it from you maybe. <laughs> okay. On YouTube. Yeah. Uh, all right. You should listen to them. They go over interesting things, pop culture stuff. Oh, awesome. Except say the name. I'm not saying it, but world-class that's their YouTube channel. Okay. World-class BSers. Okay. Um, great name in my opinion. Uh, but yes, they talk about pop culture and kind of what's going on. A lot of things you might like. So I would recommend them. Awesome, man. This sounds good. Okay. Well, I think this has been fun. I think this has worked out uh, even better than I thought it was going to. Like, I love just uh, catching up, uh, talking about the things we do and just recording it so we can put it out there for people to listen to. Yeah, I agree. Like, we're old and we have families and we don't get to talk about it. Yeah. Like we used to every day. So it is nice to kind of pick your brain on things we haven't talked about in a while. Very cool, man. Well, we'll definitely do this again soon. And I even got some feedback from other people. Uh, Sean Lovano says he, he would love to be on the show sometime. So I told him, yeah, let's, let's bring you on. Yes. Uh, I'd love to talk to him about his pizza business and everything else going on with him. So I've heard about it. I've heard he's doing great. I have no idea. I haven't talked to him, but yeah, well, that'd I, be I, can, good. I can attest right now. His pizza is really good. Awesome. Is he last I heard he was just selling it on the street. Does he have his own place yet or uh, not his own place, but he, he gets gigs every now and then or, or events that he gets to like, you know, uh, cook for like he, he the, the event that I got to taste it for was Ryan Ferrante's graduation party last summer. OK, nice. So it was really they hired him and they actually paid him good money to, to, to cook pizzas for everybody at the party. Yeah, so no, I, I hear it's done really good. Like yeah, I hear it's really good. So That's we'll definitely awesome. get him on next time and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again, Nick. Sweet, man. Okay, until uh, next time, thank you for listening to the Catholic Football Podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Peace out.